Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. I want to share, first of all, Dole talked about me giving money when I was going through college. If you are waiting till you get a decent job to start giving to God, you've made a mistake. I cannot tell you other than it was the Spirit of God that told me when I was waitressing to give. In fact, I was given even before that. My first job was a janitor. I was a janitor of a very small, uh, very small post office in Randolph, Ohio. It was probably one-fourth the size of this sanctuary, but it was my first job, and I gave off of that. I then, when I went, started waitress, waitressing, I gave 10%, and I worked in a restaurant that I didn't make a lot of money. In fact, my, I remember my first year of doing that, I made a total of $3,000, and I lived with a roommate in an apartment, and I had a car, and I was going to college, and I paid most of my own expenses. I did have a couple grants, and I had a couple loans, I remember. But this was back when college wasn't, you know, $30,000 a semester. But it was, it was a lot for me. But you know what? God supplied every bit of it. He supplied my clothes. He supplied my books. He supplied my classes. He supplied everything I needed. I remember one time... My roommate and I were trying to work out about washing our clothes because you had to make sure you went to the laundromat at the right time and you had the right change. And you know, somebody brought us a washing machine and dryer, just brought it for us. God supplied everything I need. Don't wait to give. Don't wait to give. Let God bless you. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about grace. When I was about 14 years old, I went to, it was actually an old holiness camp. The Methodist church would lease it out, and they would have this camp for actually the adults of the Methodist church, but they had an area where they let the teenagers have camp also, and basically the real reason they did that was we ran the kitchen. They needed dishwashers, and so they let the teenagers come for a discounted rate so we could clean the place and wash the dishes and cook the dinners and all that kind of stuff, but anyway, I was at camp. I was 14 years old, and there's a woman that was in charge of all the youth, all the teenagers. And she was an older lady. I remember she wasn't much bigger than I was. And she got us together one time, and she made a panel of the kids that she thought was the most spiritual. I wasn't one of them. But she had a couple of them up there, and she had us ask questions and put them into a hat. And then the panel would pick out the questions and answer them. It was funny because at the age of 14, we weren't really interested in God. Now, I would listen. I kind of laughed to myself because most of the questions had to do with who you were going to sit next to and what was for dinner and what were we going to do on Saturday, that kind of thing. But she had a question in there, and she pulled it out, and I, to this day, remember it. Somebody read it, and they said, what is grace? What is grace? And you know, there was probably about 30, 40 of us kids there. Nobody knew what grace was. We had no idea. I knew Grace. She lived across from my grandfather, and she lived with Gertrude. And she was a really nice lady, and she gave us candy when we were little. That's the only Grace I knew. 
We're going to take a look a little bit about grace today. I want you to turn to Exodus 33. I'm going to read several verses in here because this, this is amazing, this passage. Chapter 33, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swore unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, and the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hevite, and the Jebusite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Now notice this next part. For I will not go up in the midst of thee. I will not go up in the midst of thee. For thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. Do you know that was in the Bible? I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, and I will cons- uh, lest I consume thee in the way. Verse 4, And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. I will come up unto the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do with thee. Not a good day. Now, turn to verse 12. This is Moses speaking to God. Moses would speak to God face to face. 12, and Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. There's that word grace. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. And the Lord said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy present go not with me, carry us up not thence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? And here's one of the definitions of grace right here. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? Is it not that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing, also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. There is some of grace. Now, let's go to Ruth 2. So now we know grace is God with us. If God shows you grace, he's going to be with you. Now let's go to Ruth 2, verse 8. Then Boaz said unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from thence, but abide here fast by my maidens. This is Boaz talking to Ruth. Ruth is the daughter-in-law of Naomi. Verse 9. Now thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art a thirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Verse 10. 
Then she, Ruth, fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou should take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? Do you see here that grace is undeserved favor? Undeserved favor. She didn't deserve what she got, but Boaz showed her grace, undeserved favor. Now, go with me to 1 Peter, verse 1. So now, so far, we know that grace is God with you, God with us, and grace is undeserved favor. Favor. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And look at verse 10, of which salvation, what salvation? The salvation that comes through the gospel. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace, the grace that should come unto you. Prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to us. The, the prophets prophesied of the grace that was going to come to us. And he said, searching what or what manner of time? The spirit of Christ which was in them. Notice that. The spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Christ was in them. Did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. They prophesied of the grace that was coming to us. What was coming to us in that grace? that Jesus would die, that he would be buried, that he would be raised again, that, that we would be justified through that grace in the gospel. Now, how did it come? Go with me to John 1. How did that grace come? I'm going to begin in verse 15. John bare witness of him, Jesus, and cried, saying, This is he whom I spoke. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received. Of his fullness have we all received. Did you know you have received of the fullness of Jesus? And do you know why you have received the fullness of Jesus? Next line, and grace for grace. Grace for grace. Not only a little bit of grace, but a little bit of grace so that there's more grace. More grace. What is grace? We know that it's God with us and we know it's undeserved favor. Undeserved favor. And that was brought to us. Why? 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Do you see what Jesus brought? He brought us undeserved favor. He brought us God with us. What was Jesus' name? Emmanuel. What was Emmanuel? God with us. Jesus brought undeserved favor to us. And let's go to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. That undeserved favor, that God with us. Verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace, for by grace are you saved through faith. Grace. What was grace? God with you. God with you. Have you considered that? God 
with you. God with you and undeserved favor with God. Undeserved favor. By grace are you saved through faith and that of not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we know right here, you can't work for grace. You cannot work for grace. Grace is a gift. It doesn't come by works. And we saw in John 1, 17, that the law came by Moses and grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Well, if that's the case, the law isn't going to bring you grace. You cannot get grace through the law. You can't get God with you. And you can't get God's undeserved favor through the law. Where does it come from? It comes from the gospel. It comes from Jesus. What happens when you receive Jesus? You receive grace and truth. What is the truth? Jesus said, thy word is truth. What is the truth? That Jesus died, that he was buried, that he rose again. And what comes with it? That undeserved favor, that God with us. Let's go to one more place. I want us to go to Romans 5. And I'm going to begin in verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, that was Adam sinning, Adam committing the sin. For if through the offense of one, Adam, many are dead. Much more the grace of God. The grace of God. When did that grace come? It came with Jesus. It came with Jesus. It, God was with us and we got undeserved favor through Jesus. It came with Jesus. So through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ. What was that gift by grace? It was Jesus. That grace, that grace has abounded unto many. 16, and not as if by one that sinned, so also is the free gift, or the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Where did that justification come in? It came in when Jesus died and when he was buried and when he took our sin and when he rose from the dead. We were justified. Spoke about that on Sunday. Jesus going into the holiest of holies with the blood. We were justified. And if by one man's offense, Adam, death, reigned by one, there's where we died. There's where we died. Much more, they which receive a Abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. Who brought grace? Jesus brought grace. Abundance of grace. Abundance of God with us. Abundance of undeserved favor. And the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, many were, shall be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. And I love this verse. But where sin abounded, where sin abounded. This is where you don't want to be self-righteous. You don't want to be self-righteous here. Where sin abounded. Grace did much more abound. Grace did much more abound. Where sin 
uh, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so my grace reigned through righteousness under eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. I had a situation when I first came to Plano, I went through some real tough correction, real tough. And it seemed like every day I had to humble myself more and more and more. And God was really on my case, really on my case. And there was a night that I had all I could take. And I went out onto the patio, me and the patio are like this. I went out on the patio and I sat down in a chair and I thought to myself, I can't go any further down. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I was thinking to myself, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to have to leave? Am I going uh, to have to go someplace else? What am I going to do? And as I was sitting there thinking, the Spirit of God spoke out of my mouth. And he said, Kathy, there is enough grace. There is enough grace for you to take another step. Do you hear that? There is always enough grace for you to take another step. When you think you can't go anymore and you think you've gone far enough, God is speaking. There is enough grace. There is enough undeserved favor to help you take that next step. There is enough to take that next step. And you know what? I did. I did. With God's help, I did. I did it again and again. I found out underneath the basement, there were catacombs. I mean, way down there. But you know what? Every step, there was enough grace, enough undeserved favor that God helped me make the next step. The Water of Life boys are going to finish with a song. You need that grace? It's there. It is there to make the next step. God bless.
for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.